think we have a table right over here if, if anybody wants to go over there. Um, while we do that, um, I want to start off a little bit differently. We're going to dive into to Proverbs tonight, um, but I, I want to just ask us to start off. Um, if somebody at the, uh, at the table uh, would just lead the table uh, in praying a prayer of thanks. Um, I, the, my time at the seminary, uh, we had an opportunity to get to know several folks, uh, people that were North American mission, uh, missionaries. We've gotten to know some international missionaries. Um, and they are not friends, but uh, I do have uh, two acquaintances uh, that are running for their lives right now in Afghanistan. Um, and I just want to pray a prayer for them. And I also want to just thank the Lord uh, for the freedom that we have to gather together. The freedom that we have to sing, the freedom we have to worship, the freedom we have to have a school, uh, the freedom we have to homeschool, uh, the freedoms that we have to, to uh, have FCA in our public schools, the freedoms that we have to gather on Wednesday nights, the freedom that we have to gather on Sunday. Um, my acquaintances, and I'm just trying to be transparent, I mean, I, I'm, we're, we were friendly, but I don't know them very well, um, but they have communicated with the seminary that they are... Um, uh, they are running right now. They are trying to keep their families together, uh, and they are. Um, uh, and there is one. Uh, there's a gentleman uh, that was actually. I think it was my first Sunday. They had scheduled him to to preach, um, and and he is a he's a missionary over there. And we've not heard from him. Uh, I've left a couple of messages trying to understand, but um, I want to be mindful that not everybody gets to do what we do. And so would just somebody at your table just lead a prayer of thanks. Pray for our, our missionaries over, overseas and, and all over the world, but make sure that you, you offer some prayer of thanks that the Lord has allowed us what we are able, the freedom we are able to do. Go ahead. On your mark, set, go. Father, we are most certainly grateful for the privilege you've given us to gather together, the, the privilege you've given us to open up your word. Lord, we recognize <clears throat> there, there are churches all around the world that are underground uh, for fear for their lives. They are not embarrassed or ashamed of you, but in order to reach more people, they have to stay safe and they have to stay hidden. Lord, I pray for our, our brothers and sisters right now, specifically in Afghanistan, Lord, as they are um, seeking your face and watching for your hand and your spirit to guide them. Lord, we do not take for granted what we have here. And we lift them up to you, asking you if it might be your will to spare their lives and further their ministries. Or somehow in all of this, may you get glory 
may people be drawn to you. For it's in Jesus' name, Amen. Um, I'm gonna be a little. Honest, I'm gonna be a little honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, um, and I've already had a chance to, to talk to a couple of people. So today's been very interesting. The last um, four hours have been incredibly interesting for me. Um, I got a phone call at 7.30 this morning from one of our preschool teachers who discovered a squirrel in the fellowship hall. <clears throat> and we, uh, we had already discovered him, but apparently we sealed him in. And um, so he was gone by the time preschool started, but I knew he wasn't. He was gone, but not really. And so um, at one point, right before our, our homeschoolers uh, came in to do their drama group, um, not, well, not right before, about half an hour before, I went to the um, <clears throat> lobby to check on something and saw numerous K-cups um, that had been enjoyed. Um, and, 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 then, and then I saw him. And uh, yeah, and like he needed any help. And um, I was able to, to open the outside doors, but close all this off. And then the close, upstairs were closed too. And I'm gonna just be really honest with you. There's a reason I'm not an exterminator. Um, first of all, he was super fast. He was unbelievable fast. And I, how long? Hour, hour and a half? I chased that thing for about an hour and a half. And we just went side to side, to side to side, to side to side. And I swear he was taunting me. But um, we finally got the exterminator out. All that to say is, I am much more exhausted than I thought I was going to be. I was drenched. I, it was as if I had jumped in a pool when I, when I got done. I was dripping. All, I mean, it was awful. And the thing was, he would, he would go near the open door, but he'd never go out. And I'm like, dude, that's all. You're like two steps away. It's Freedom is right there. And it's air conditioned in here. That's what he's thinking. That's true. Well, it was so funny because I told, I think I was telling Davey that um, once the exterminator got here, it was two on one. We were trying to get him into this cage and I was the broom guy. And he's like, just don't let him go back up the stairs. And I'm like, you don't let him go back up the stairs. And so he, um, I finally got him and I, and, I, and I got him and I was trying not to hurt him, but I didn't care at that point. And, and I, just, I just swept him and he got a shot across the room and then he came back at me. And I'm like, and so I go to, I go to sweep again and he, and he, and he flies. And, and he is literally, I mean, it was like a bad ninja movie. I was like, And I'm sitting there going, I've worked out this morning, so I can't do anything matrixy. So I'm like, oh no, we're gonna die. But he he literally jumped over me, and, and the exterminator goes, You couldn't get him. <laughs> and that's when I almost lost my Jesus. Okay, we're gonna edit that part out, Davy. All right, so here we go. As we continue our Route 66 journey, uh, we are in the wisdom literature. Um, we kicked off a couple of weeks ago with the book of Job, uh, which was an incredible story of God's redemption and restoration, though admittedly, uh, it's a bit of a trek to get to that place as we journey with Job through these experiences. Last week, Karen gave us an overview of the Psalms. Uh, even though we've been walking through the Psalms, at least the first 50 all summer long, I really appreciated her insights and the nuggets uh, from her lesson. Just FYI, Karen. Karen is in uh, D.C. this week uh, with some family. Uh, with, that's what we call friends who are as close as, as family. Uh, she's helping a young lady move into college. Uh, I really appreciated the exercise where it said, book one equals Genesis equals God beside us. You, you will hear that again next summer. I am, I am certain of that. Uh, we will definitely be re revisiting that. But that brings us today to the book of Proverbs, uh, the 20th book of the Bible. Uh, however, our understanding to understand understand Proverbs, we don't begin in Proverbs. So I need somebody at the table to read 2 Chronicles chapter 1, 2 Chronicles chapter 1, and then I want you to answer uh, questions 1 and 2. All right, on your mark, get set, go. Somebody read 2 Chronicles 1 and then answer questions 1 and 2. Second Chronicles chapter 1.
Just what? Usually, yes. But sometimes there was a combination of animals. So, but most, mostly, huh? Like a <laughs> yes, just like a turducken. About another minute. That's the longest passage that you're going to have to read tonight, I promise. Keith, Keith was already, Keith, Keith's already tired. Keith's already tired of reading. Um, what's, what, is so, what is so unique or inspiring about Solomon's request? Say it again. Why, why, why is that, why does that inspire, why is that unique? Let me start there. Absolutely. Power, authority, is, is, dic is dictated by stuff, by land, by, you know, that kind of thing. Why is it inspiring? Say it again. It was a wise decision. Thank you for that, Larry. He, know, he, knows, he knows what's going to benefit him the most. Yes, ma'am. He wanted to lead well. There's numerous times, and in, in when you, especially when you go through the Chronicles, that it, it says this king did evil in the sight of the Lord, or what it says is he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, just like his predecessor David. So this is Saul. I mean Solomon wanting to do. Saul is not good. Solomon wanting to be like his dad. Wanting to follow. What what red flags are, are in this passage? They're all in the end. What's, what's the red, was there a red flag? What's the whole, what's the whole last section about? It's accumulation of wealth. So even though he's asking for wisdom, he's, he's integrating with other, with other nations, with other armies, with other people. And they're, they're not people that believe in the same God, capital G, that the Israelites are supposed to be following. So you have this, you have this mixing that is starting to go on. But his, the wealth and the, and the territory and all that's, that's looking good. So that should be a red flag. The reason we have to start in Second Chronicles chapter 1 is because Solomon is the primary author of the Proverbs. He is the primary author of the Proverbs. And the Proverbs are these small, memorable sayings that were meant to define uh, the worship and a life of obedience that the Israelites were supposed to have the people of God. The topics in Proverbs cover a vast array of life experiences. Um, the Bible that I'm, I've been using this year is the Seven Arrows Bible. Uh, you may or, not, may or may not recall at the beginning of the year, we walked through a sermon series on the Seven Arrows, seven questions uh, that are intended to take the fear and intimidation out of a personal Bible study. The questions are, what does the Bible say? What does the passage mean to the original audience? What does the passage tell us about God? And questions like that. Um, I only mention because I, I want to read from the introduction uh, to Proverbs what, what these authors have to say. Let me turn real quick here. God's wisdom applies to all areas of life that have been created by God, but distorted by sin. This includes money, sexuality, 
possessions and friendships. I would have said relationships, we get the point. The way the book is structured, it moves in and out of these topics pretty, pretty rapidly, and the subjects are addressed multiple times. I used the word small earlier, a better word is concise. They are concise so that they could be memorized. They're memorized so that they could be passed throughout the people and also so they could be passed down generation to generation. Because they wanted the truths to keep going, to be generational, so that grandkids and great-grandkids and great-great-grandkids could keep following the Lord. They came up with these small, concise, inspirational wisdom sayings that they could memorize quickly and, 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 and dissipate through, uh, disseminate through the, through the people and then pass down generation to generation. Question number three, I'm just going to ask it, and I'm going to ask you today. What's the difference between being smart and being wise? What's the difference between being smart and being wise? Head knowledge versus heart knowledge? What's another, what's another way of saying it? Context. What do you mean by context? Absolutely. Application, using it, how, knowing how to use it, using it appropriately. Again, what's the difference in being smart and being wise? Okay, prudence, knowing, knowing when, when, when to get involved. I agree with all of these things. Uh, I want you to take time, read Romans chapter 11. We have promised we will get to Proverbs. But turn to Romans chapter 11. Read verses 33 through 36. Somebody at the table read verses 33 through 36 and then look at question four. Read Romans 11 verses 33 through 36 and then answer question four. On your marks, set, go. All right, what's Paul telling us? What's Paul telling us in Romans? In that, in that little passage, what's Paul telling us? Huh? It starts with God. There, there are about 13 to 15 times in, in some way, shape, form, or fashion that it says in the Proverbs that wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord, the, the attention to the all glory to the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
And that's, so that's what, that's what Paul is telling us. So when we look at the Proverbs and we understand that these are wise sayings, we understand that they have made it to this book because they, are, they have originated from the Lord. They're inspired. Proverbs dem demonstrates that true wisdom comes from God. As the Creator, He knows how our lives function most effectively, how our, how our lives function with a maximum impact for His glory and His kingdom. His plans reflect true wisdom. And when we reject those plans, when we go in our own direction, we reflect foolishness. His plans reflect wisdom. Our plans often reflect foolishness. God offers wisdom. James 1 verses 5 and 6 say this. James 1 verses 5 and 6 says, Now if any of you lacks wisdom, anybody know what comes next? He should ask God. If, anyone, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting. Without doubting. And it doesn't mean that you, that you, that you don't recognize that we're human and that we're going to have doubts. What he's saying is don't, don't, you need to ask in faith without relying on this over here. You don't ask in faith, but have a backup plan over here. You ask in faith and you trust the Lord to follow through with what he's saying. I've got a question five there, but I want you to do question five and the prayer emphasis. What I want us to do is I want to ask the question, in what areas of our lives should we be asking God for his wisdom? And we could easily go, well, every area. But, but let's talk specifics. What area, because the, the Lord wants us to bring everything to him. So what areas of our lives should we be coming to him? And then maybe even share some things that, that you know that you need to bring to the Lord and ask for wisdom. And then let's pray for one another about those areas. So we're going to answer the question, and then we're going to take some time and pray together. On your mark, you set, go.
take some time and pray for one another about maybe share an area of your life that you, you want to be wise in a decision and, and then have each other pray for each other and spend a few minutes in prayer. Sharing and in prayer. Two or three more minutes. Two or three more minutes.
As you're looking at the Proverbs, as you're looking at the Proverbs, you'll notice really two, two styles of writing. Uh, the Proverbs are either written in sections or they are written in collections. Um, probably one of the most popular or well-known Proverbs is Proverbs 31. Uh, we often talk about there being the Proverbs 31 woman. Uh, that is a section uh, it, is, it, is a, it is not a narrative necessarily, but it is a section of the poetry that is put together in one. But then you have several areas in Proverbs where it is just a collection. You'll notice that there is a, there's a larger spacing that's not just put in our, each of our Bibles, that was also put in theirs as well to make sure you knew that these weren't necessarily connected. The sections read like paragraphs. The collections uh, just look like lists with spaces in between. So we're going to do is we're going to have a t an opportunity to look at a little bit of both. So this table right here, you are going to look at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. This table back here, you're looking at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. This table is going to look at Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 27. This table right here is going to look at Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. This table is going to do Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. Thank you. Here's, here, and this is all you're doing. What are the, what are the takeaways? What, what stands out to you? That's all, that's all I want you to talk about. What's, what jumps off the page to you when you hear it read or when you read it? So take a few minutes, look at those passages, and then talk amongst yourselves. And Mark said, go.
All right, do me a favor and have somebody read the passage out loud again and answer the same, but, but listen for something different. Listen for something that pops out to you. It might be the same thing, it might be something different. Have somebody read it out loud again. Preferably somebody different, a different voice. On your mark, set, go. Let's look at let's look at a couple of these. Let's look at a couple of these and just listen to what other people heard. So let's start back here with uh, Team Schluter. I think they had uh, Proverbs chapter three. Just we don't have to read the whole thing, but what's something if you want to turn to Proverbs chapter three and just if they have to, they're going to call out a specific scripture. What's what's something that jumped out front to you from that passage? A lot of the Proverbs follow some of those devices that, that Karen talked about last week with the, with the say this, respond this way, say this, respond this way. It follows some of the same devices uh, that we see in the Psalms. But one of the things about like, that I would that encourage us, so I gave them chapter three, which has that five and six that we all kind of know, trust in the Lord with us. It's very easy. It's one of the reasons I like to encourage people to read out loud. Because oftentimes, if we were to just go there in our own personal devotional life, we would almost mentally skip those two verses because we feel like we already know them. But when we're saying things out loud, we're doing two things for ourselves. We're reading it, we're not missing it, but we're also hearing it said. 
And there's something about hearing God's words, why we read it out loud every week. Let's go to this, this team over here, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. What's just one thing that jumped out about to you out of those first verses? Anything. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. It's another one of those formations of that saying, fools despise wisdom and discipline. I would always encourage people to have people in their lives who keep them accountable in certain ways. Let's go to this table. Uh, you had Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20. What jumped off the page? What's something that jumped off the page to you? Not everybody at once at that table. I think that's the verse that says, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. So, just a thought. Let's go back here. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 through 11. What's something that jumped out to you? Anybody? I like how that passage starts out. Uh, the uh, Go to the ant, you slacker. <laughs> like, wow, let's just cut to the chase right there. Okay. Over here, the other verses in chapter 6, 16 through 19, was something that jumped out to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. When we use the word, I use the word small, then I change it to concise. The next, the next step I would go is exactly what, what Keith is pointing out. The Proverbs are very straightforward. There's not a lot of mincing words here. You, you, know, you need to trust in the Lord with all your heart. You need to lean not on, on your own understanding. You need to guard your heart because it is where life springs up within you. Here are six things, I think it says then, no, seven that are detestable to the Lord. This isn't like, hey, I, hey, I just need you all to know I don't think God likes this. I mean, Solomon's saying, in some of it's like, oh, I knew that. You, you almost can respond more often than not going, I knew that. But how many times do things go unsaid in our world? And this is Solomon just getting to the point and going, hey, let's say it, let's know it, let's apply it, and let's live it. And that's what he's saying. These are some of the, those, those areas. Make another assignment, same thing. You're going to read, you're going to say what stands out to you. This group is going to do uh, Proverbs 27, verses 1 through 5. We're all in Proverbs 27. You've got the first five verses. You've got 6 through 10 over here. Proverbs 27, 6 through 10. You've got 11 through 15. You've got 16 through 22. And you've got 23 through 27. 1 through 5, 6 through 10, 11 through 15, 16 through 22, 23 through 27. Same thing. What jumps out on the page to you? On your mark, set, go.
I realized I messed up on one of the divisions. 15 and 16 should go together. My apologies. Sorry. Thanks. So let me ask you this. If you've had a little time to read it, you've probably talked about a couple of them. What's the difference in what you just read and what you read a moment ago? What's the difference in what you just read and what you read a moment ago from a structural standpoint? George? They're all independent thoughts. These are just, this is just a collection of wise sayings. Oftentimes we will tell folks, you know, if you, if you need to, you know, even if you're not a morning person um, and maybe you can't have your quiet time, maybe you can't have your devotional time in the morning, the, the, the true study diving in, we still encourage, especially when I was doing student ministry or collegiate ministry, just to at least read God's word. And it's easy to read a Psalm a day and it's easy to read a proverb a day. And what they'll get stuck on is they'll, they'll get to these collections and they'll be like, so which one am I supposed to apply to my life? Am I supposed to apply all of these to my life? And you're like, you know, no, you can't. What it is, is if you read through it, the Holy Spirit will, will, will have something jump out at you each time. There will be something that the Holy Spirit, we've got to trust the Holy Spirit when we read God's Word, especially when we're diving into things like, like the Proverbs. And, and not all of them, and this is the thing about the Proverbs, not all of them are always going to make sense. Like, uh, like uh, a person who is, who is full tramples on a honeycomb, but to a hungry person, any bitter thing is sweet. Okay, how does that apply to my life right now? And what we do is what happens is people get bogged down right there and they just need to move on to the next one because eventually they'll get to an iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens another. And you'll get to, and that will be applied. But there will be one day where, where whoever tends a fig tree, that one's gonna make sense. Something's going to click. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will reveal that in his due time. But these are collections. They're small sayings. They're concise sayings. They're straightforward sayings so that they could be easily memorized and so that they could be, be dispersed among the people, but also so they could be handed down generation to generation. I want to tell you a couple of things before we close in prayer about the Psalms that I've learned over the course of the year. And one of them is going to seem like it's a bit antithetical. Proverbs are guidelines, not guarantees. Proverbs are guidelines, not guarantees. The best example I have of that is Proverbs 22, verse 6. You may know that just off the cuff. This is how mine reads it. Mine reads, says, start a youth out on his way. Your version is probably going to say, train up a child. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he grows old, he will not depart from it. How many of you have friends, or you don't, or you don't do it if they're sitting here, or have a child who is a bit rebellious? How many of you were that rebellious child? No, just kidding. Um, but how many of you have friends who they are godly, godly people? They ran a godly, godly home but one of their children decided to make decisions that were not honoring to the Lord. We've all had, does that mean that they didn't train up their child in the way that they should go? No, it means that at some point, that child became an independent thinker, an independent decision maker, and they decided to do what they wanted to do. What it does mean though, what it does mean is that if you train up a child in God's word, if you train up a child in the disciplines of, God, of a godly lifestyle, they will have the best shot available to them of growing up and, and living. And it also says if you, will plant, if you will be a part of helping plant the Holy Spirit in their lives, if you will lead them to Jesus, then eventually that spirit will have the opportunity to bring them back. But that's what it is, is it's a, it's a guideline, it's not a guarantee. The Proverbs are not promises. 
They are Proverbs. They are wisdom. We have to have this side of the equation. We are this side of the equation where we have freedom of choice. We have our free will. And we choose whether or not to follow that wisdom and let it apply to our life. The second thing is, is, is you read through the Proverbs. The Proverbs divide mankind into two things, into two, two, two sections. The wise and the wicked. As you read through the Proverbs, you will see that clear distinction all throughout. Mankind is placed into one of two categories. It is either the wise or it is the wicked. And sometimes the word is, is foolish. It's either wicked or foolish. But the other one is always wise. And here's where it is. It's either you are following God, you are following his statutes, you are embracing the Spirit's leadership in your life, or you are not. You are either following him or you are doomed. And that is the way the Proverbs, I appreciate what Keith said a moment ago about it just being straightforward, just being, here's God laying it on the line. Because what, 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 is, what God's illustrating through the Proverbs is, your life matters so much to me that I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it in front of you. Here's what I need you to know. Here's, here's, the, here's the, the, the route for, for godly living. Here's how to be in a relationship with me. Here's how not to veer to the right. Here's how not to veer to the left. Here's how I need you to live your life so that you can hear my voice and understand what I'm telling you so that you can be an example and a model and a testimony to those around you who also need my son, who also need a relationship with me. They're guidelines, not guarantees, but it does, does differentiate. We're either wise and we're following God or we're foolish, and we're not. I want to give you just a few minutes. Uh, I think there's a prayer emphasis number two there. And I want you just to pray for a few minutes. We, we, our, our, our national leadership needs wisdom. Our state leadership needs wisdom. Our local leadership needs wisdom. You can see the list there. I would ask you to pray for your church leadership as we are determining some things that God is doing in, in our midst. I don't know if you've noticed this, but God is working in our church. Uh, and and I, want to, I want us to continue to make the right, wisest decisions. So take just a few minutes, and in, in, in just about four minutes or so, I'm going to ask Keith Gallo to close us in a word of prayer, because I'm always asking Katie, and the figure with Keith right there. So pray together, pray for, pray for wisdom for these different, uh, these different categories. On your mark, set, go.
we do we do thank you god for your incredible grace we thank you for the favor that you've placed upon us and our families and this um our faith family we thank you god for um your many incredible blessings for how you just come through every day sometimes not the way we want it to be seen and sometimes ways that make us feel uncomfortable and just frustrated um but other times lord there's just so much incredible good and um, all that you're doing around us. So help us to just keep our eyes vertically, uh, gazing upon you and not to get persuaded by the, 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 the just reaction of horizontal living and um, how it's just so um, reactive. And God, we know that you're, you're going before us. And Isaiah 41, you've um, promised us actually that you, um, your mighty right hand has gone for, before us to fear not for you are with us for your, your incredible and you're leading us and you're faithful. So, uh, as we go from here, we ask God that you would just continue to drive down into our hearts, the truths, uh, that we've, um, looked at tonight, that they would, um, just be a lamppost Lord shining out across our head as we walk through our community Help us to just be bearers of good news. In Jesus' name, amen.